It's time for Bourbon with Friends, the bourbon podcast that never takes itself too seriously. Pull up a chair, grab a glass, and remember, a bourbon with friends can change the world. Here we go. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Bourbon with Friends. Uh, today is me and Stacy again. Welcome back, Stacy. Hello. Um, we have a very special episode today. Um, we are very humbled and blessed uh, to have a, a, a special guest with us. Um, this whole episode is dedicated to, to everyone out there who's who served for our great country, the families, uh, you know, and even to a lesser extent, those of you who, who really go out uh, above and beyond to support those families and, and those who serve, um, especially on Veterans Day today, that, um, you know, we really wanted to have that kind of special episode out um, for you guys. Yeah. So without further ado, I think that uh, we'll let Rocky introduce himself and take the wheel here. So Rocky, the floor is yours. Okay. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, Stacy, Paul, it's such an honor. Obviously, uh, yeah, my name's Rocky Sicken, and I'm the Senior VP of uh, Budweiser Accounts for Folds of Honor. Um, but, um, you know, I, uh, my son is a recipient of Folds of Honor, uh, and my story goes back to, uh, you know, 1979, way before you guys were even born. <laughs> I was drinking a lot of rum and a lot of bourbon back then. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was uh, a young Marine security guard at the uh, the American Embassy in Iran, where on November 4th, 1979, uh, 60, some Americans were uh, stripped of freedom, their dignity and their pride, known as the Iran hostage crisis, where uh, it lasted 444 days. And uh, trust me, 42 years ago at this time, uh, I was uh, I was taken hostage. Um, think about it. Five days ago, I would have started my next 444 days tied to a chair for the first 30 days, uh, not allowed to speak unless it was my interrogation. And there I would sit there and just reminisce of what what it was like um, to be free again and what that American flag represents. And, and you guys, you, and I truly appreciate you saluting the military families, because I grew up in a small town of uh, Crockle, Missouri, population 50. And that was dog. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> dog, yeah, dogs and cats included. And <laughs> my father served in the Army. My brother served in the Army. And I broke, uh, broke the, uh, the mold. And I, I went Marine Corps. But my parents taught me three things, love of family, love of faith, and love of country. And, you know, little did I realize that those three things would help me survive the next 444 days of captivity. That's it's, it's mind blowing to hear stories like that just in general, but to actually sit face to face virtually with you, Rocky and, and hear your story is just, it's wild. It, and I don't really have any other words for it, but I'm very humbled to well, have you here to talk with us today. Thank you, Stacy. You know, and Veterans Day is coming up and, you know, it's about saluting those that have served and continue to serve. And uh, like I said, um, I spent my first uh, Thanksgiving uh, tied to a chair uh, just thinking of what was going on back home. 
of my family were sitting around the table eating my mother's homemade bread, her homemade rolls, and I mean, uh, and her pancakes in the morning and her turkey and all the fixings. And here I was tied and then sitting there in Christmas and thinking the same thing. And you're sitting there thinking, this can't continue to go on. And sure enough, it did. We were put into a room in uh, January of 1980. And there I sat in a room for the next 400 days. I was in a room with two other people, uh, Jerry Plotkin and Billy Gallegos. In fact, Billy Gallegos, right before this call, I was texting him. I mean, how do you, you know, ever forget a, a relationship with an individual that you're locked in a room? Uh, imagine being locked in a room that you guys are in right there for 400 days. I don't and, want to imagine that no, at all. I, I don't. No. <laughs> I mean, you go to the restroom, you had a knock on the door, and if you knock too loud, they tell you you have to wait. And thank goodness you had a can in your room. Um, and you're being locked in the, the American embassy. You know the surroundings, but they did not want you to have that freedom to do that. So I'm telling you, the day of November 4th, you were stripped your freedom, your dignity, and your pride, and you did not get it back until 444 days later. Little do we know that there was a rescue operation in 1980. And that's why, to me, you know, Veterans Day, it's to salute all those that have served. And I can tell you, every morning I wake up, I think of those eight individuals. Eight individuals lost their life in an attempted rescue operation. That morning of April 25th, we had no idea. They had flown through the night of April 24th. And I know some of your listeners are going to be sitting there thinking, this is unheard of. And it was back then because they had never had a rescue operation. Mm-hmm. And so a group of people had the guts to try. I want to use another word, but I can't do it. It's got to be politically correct here. Um, <laughs> had the guts to try to come over to rescue Americans that were stripped of freedom, their dignity, and their pride in the country of Iran. And they made it in the middle of the country in the desert. And something had gone wrong. Uh, they aborted the rescue operation. By the evening of April 25th, they had already taken all the hostages that were locked in the rooms at the Chancery and basically flew them, drove them to other cities within Iran. And we had no idea that there had been a rescue operation. It wasn't until I came home uh, in 1981 that I realized that eight people, uh, eight people that lost their lives. And so uh, not only is it the, the veterans I always think of Veterans Day as the, the veterans, but then, and Paul, you said it earlier, the families too, they go through so much uh, as they're over there serving. They don't know if their loved one's going to come home. And as we get ready for Thanksgiving, these families are going to be sitting there all by themselves, not with their loved one, but they're still out there serving and providing us the freedom we enjoy each and every day. Yeah, no, that's that's really well said. Um, it, it It's people who haven't been in families who served or, or haven't been close to families who served, you know, that phone rings, no matter what that phone rings and it sends a little shiver. Cause you never know who's at the end on the other end of it. Um, and you know, it's the things that we take for granted that absolutely we, you know, we get to do this podcast and have a good time and crack up and drink whiskey. And, you know, it's, it's all because of brave men and women and their families that, allow that be you know it's i think so often it, we, people forget about what's behind the veil right like it's not just the, the man and or woman in the uniform 
it's the man or the woman behind the uniform as well and their family and kids and the moms and the dads that, you know, they're serving every moment with them because they know, you know, every moment could be the last. And it's why, you know, the respect for the flag, the respect for the country, you know, is so important to us in that situation and just in general, because you never know who's standing next to you uh, and who's been affected and, 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 you know, having that respect and, and whether you agree with the political aspect of the country or not, you know, respecting that piece of, of our history and, and those who gave their lives and were willing to give their lives for that freedom is, is very important. Yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible. And, uh, I can remember raising a flag at the St. Gertrude School in Crockle, Missouri. And I used to raise it. I was so honored and proud. You know, we're all sitting there. Um, you don't, you know, you don't see that happening as much anymore. My little granddaughter, she's two years of age. And every time she sees a flag, she says, Papa, hand salute. And she salutes the flag. <laughs> That's so cute. Like one of those things you have to keep teaching that. But morning of November 4th, they burnt our flag in front of us uh, at the American embassy. And, you know, I, I told myself, I, if I ever get out of here, I'm never going to have that happen again. And sadly enough, you do see it happen. And, you know, it's not too often you see people trying to try to get out of our country. It's more the opposite. People mm-hmm. they get into our country, dying to get into our country. And so we, we do have a wonderful country. And we definitely need to thank those that have served in the past to provide it. This yeah, way. I agree. Um, so you told us an interesting story, though, about uh, your wife and you when you went. And I think that's going to I think everyone would get a kick out of sharing if you're OK with that. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, it was uh, 1979. And uh, my girlfriend, I had just gotten off float. I was in the Mediterranean for about a year and came home, met this young lady and we had dated all the way up to about October of that year. And uh, Jill grew up in a small town, and uh, she was just graduating from high school. We were so young. She was 18. I was 22. I mean, think about those guys. Yeah. Those those days were. And uh, so I said, hey, I want to get this last gig done. She was going to go into college, go dance. Uh, she had a dance scholarship. And so I flew off. She came to my graduation. I said, hey. Let's try to get together in December and we go snow skiing in Germany. So anyway, I head off 10,000 miles away from home. And so all of a sudden I'm taken hostage. And the first 30 days, I can tell you that it, they were the most difficult in addition to the other 400 days. But, you know, you're sitting tied in, in the corner of a room and you, you had a grasp on something. And the one thing that really uh, grasped on my head was the picture of her. How uh, beautiful she was. And I said, you know what? If I ever get home, I'm going to ask this girl to marry me. Marry me. And so for 444 days, I mean, I just, the first 30 days, I, I told myself, I'm not going to let these people break me. And interesting enough, during our interrogations, one of our Americans broke during interrogations. I mean, and they, they would do some cruel stuff to you. But what this individual did was really wrong and should never have done it. But he put people in solitary confinement. So fast forward 444 days later, we are finally released and I make it uh, to Wiesbaden, Germany, get on the horn. I call home and uh, it was interesting. Uh, You make it to this hospital. This hospital had been ready for us for a year. We had no idea, you guys, that 
They thought we were going to be released back in January of 1980. Wow. I got a hospital bed. There is a letter on my bed dated January 15, 1980. And it's from my parents saying, Rocky, by the time you have read this, you would have been freed. And I mean, no, it was a whole year later that we were released. Anyway, I, I, I go down, we get an a, a, a operator, and the operator, I pick up the phone, never forget it. She goes, yes, Mr. Sickman, can I help you? I said, how did you know I'm Mr. Sickman? She goes, well, you're in Mr. Sickman's phone booth. I, I figure you're Mr. Sickman. I said, well, yeah, I am. I said, I'd like to call home. She goes, well, let me connect you. I've been waiting a year to make this connection. I said, you have to be heck. Get the heck out of here. Are you kidding? <laughs> and so sure enough, my dad gets on the, uh, the phone and my dad always used to uh, play pranks with all my buddies. Uh, whenever they would call, they go, my father would always answer Crockle store. And so this, this specific night or morning, uh, I called and I said, yeah, is this Crockle store? And my dad goes, no, this isn't Crockle store. I said, how you doing dad? It's Rocky. And so Kind of a an emotional uh, time, but we we sit there and we chit chat. And my dad goes, "Rocky, Jill's here." I so, "Oh, she waited." And he goes, "Well, she wants to talk to you." And I'm thinking, well, "Shit, that doesn't sound good." <laughs> <laughs> did she get married? Or did she get engaged? And I mean, you think about it. She's a beautiful eighteen year old girl, and she had the life. And I mean, I had no idea what was going on. I, I, for four hundred forty four days, we had no idea. And we get on, we start chit-chatting, and she finally comes to, and she goes, Rocky, you got to make a I said, well, what's that? And she goes, either me or the military, but I can't do this. I, I waited for you for 444 days, but I can't wait again if you do this again. And I said, well, I have a chance to go work for the State Department. Would you allow that? And she goes, does it mean travel overseas? I said, well, yeah, possibly. And she goes, no, I can't do it. You, you left once. And I, I can't allow this to happen again. So I chose wisely. I had served in the Marine Corps. Uh, we got out and we got married in uh, October of 1981. We invited 850 people, 750 people showed. We're oh cats. So we're like rabbits. So we spread like rabbits. A, <laughs> a lot of people. But uh, now we've been married for 40 wonderful years. We just had our anniversary, um, October. Uh, second uh, was our 40th anniversary, and I took her out to San Diego. She had never been there. Uh, that's where I went to boot camp, and so uh, I wanted her to see where a Marine was formed. And so, but yeah, I tell you, she without Jill, uh, Stacy, and, and Paul, I, I would be I'd be in a ditch somewhere. You know, she's my she's my VA counselor. She's my count. She puts me on track whenever I get off track, and you know, whenever I, I'm, I'm doing something I shouldn't, you know, in the Marine Corps, you wore the same clothes. It was a uniform. So it was pretty easy. I got her help me get dressed, you know, different clothes. She's got a much better style. (laughs) But uh, yeah, she is definitely a, she's a gold mine. Have you, um, does she let you travel now? You know, and that's a great uh, question because when I got out of the service, you guys, it it was, it's a camaraderie when you're in. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and this is a bond that you meet people from all over our country. I mean, from a young kid coming, growing up in a small town of Crockle, Missouri, uh, to now going to San Diego, my first flight in 1976, 
meeting people from New York and they've got different accents and then traveled to Asia, traveled to Europe, um, you know, but getting out, it was a transition. And so I went to work for CBS. I was going to night school and I landed a job with Budweiser um, back in 1982. And they had supported the military mm-hmm. for a hundred years. And I wanted to get a company that really supported the military and get into that. So I became the director of military sales for Budweiser. And uh, I said, hey, Joe, if I take this job, it's going to have to make me travel overseas. And I get your permission. So she knew. And even to this day, she feels bad saying what she did back then. She didn't mean it because she knows that there's families that are doing this, that are leaving and separated not only once, but twice, but three times. Yeah. Um, but she knows it happens. And yeah, she allowed me to eventually travel abroad. Well, I, even even that, I don't I, I think of that reaction, that would be almost all of us in that gonna, moment, right? Like, um, that's I'm probably the first here. time she's heard your voice in almost two years. It's like, yeah. you know, hey, Rocky, get your ass home. You better not be leaving again, <laughs> you know? Like, uh, and that's fair, but, like, that story is just so cool to, to see that not only, like, did she wait, you know, she it's really actually interesting not only did she wait but it was like not missing a beat and telling you what to do like the first moment hey i've missed you like listen if you leave again we're just get off the phone <laughs> like that's like so funny and in, in that aspect and just such a cool story and of how yeah, that i was happened. gonna say i think her reaction is warranted because i was just sitting here thinking to myself if i was her i probably would have said the same thing maybe a little bit more uh, <laughs> yeah a little bit more would. crass but. but but again thank goodness that we do have families you know this veterans day yes. i always say it's not only we're saluting the the fam- uh, the, the troops but we're saluting the families mm-hmm. allow them to continue to go serve because it's less than one percent of our population less than one yep. percent of our population which is over 300 and some million and so these families are stretched they not, are not going once, they're going twice, three times. And so, and again, that's why for me, for Folds of Honor, it really helps to provide scholarships to families of fallen and disabled. And that's why every morning I get up and I think I'm having a tough morning. Uh, I'm not having a tough morning. I mean, my gosh, number one, I can get up in the morning and I can take a shower. Yep. When I'm taking hostage, I couldn't take a shower for the first two months. And so... Sometimes I take two showers in a day because I freaking... That's because you can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I no longer have to use a bar of soap as toothpaste. And my finger is a toothbrush. I get to use a toothbrush and toothpaste. And I can walk outside. I can go up and get a glass of water if I want. And so the freedom that we enjoy each and every day, it, it's all because of these veterans and their families that are providing it to us. Yeah, and this is why, like, I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit. Like, we don't get political and stuff here, and this is probably the law closest I'll get. But it's why when you see someone disrespecting the flag or saying America is such a crappy country or whatever the hell else you see these idiots that get on TV and social media say, like, there's a mom, there's a dad, there's a wife, there's a there's a there's a husband, there's a mom, there's a dad that sees that and knows that they're loved one is in harm's way and you're not making that job any easier. So, you know, if you think that's okay, you can guess the words I'm saying to you right now. <laughs> but that's just like, it's the, it's the aspect of, you know, have a little respect of, of what, of what goes on. But the fun, the interesting thing about what you're saying with your wife and everything, what she didn't see. And this is the whole thing about like, have like, you know, you know, want to believe in God's plan or the universe being right, whatever, 
look at what you're doing now. Like you're helping these families. You know, it's not it. She set you on the path that you were supposed to be on. And, you know, that aspect is so awesome because she could have got gotten on the phone and said, I loved you and missed you. But she she set you on the path you were supposed to be on that led you here today. And it was, you know, that's that's just not a coincidence. And that's what's really cool about this whole thing. Well, and who would have ever thought, you know, that phone call that I made to you guys a couple months ago. And here we are mm-hmm. before Veterans Day coming together. It's synchronicity. I mean, it's the time and chance in, in life that things come together. Yeah. That we're, you know, doing good and, and talking about something that I really appreciate. My, but my wife knows, you guys, that Folds of Honor is really a great therapeutic piece for me because sure. I've had you know, took their life when they came home because uh, they couldn't deal with it. But I, I came home and really I got back busy, very busy, got passionate in something. And after I retired, uh, she allowed me to take one month off. And then and <laughs> we went uh, driving in and we're very fortunate. She's got her mom and dad right now that are not doing well. And so she is, you know, uh, grandma, she's living here with us and grandpa is back and forth. And so she's taken up all of her time doing that, but she knows that this is what I love. Um, giving back for those, because like I said, I, I can't ever, I, I mean, the weight of those eight individuals that lost their life, it, it's so heavy. And, and so for me to feel bad about having to do something, I can tell you a quick story. Not too long ago, I had to catch a six o'clock, uh, six thirty flight. And maybe I might've told you the story, but um, it was 6.30, 6.30 flights, about 4 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning. I'm running crazy, running through a convenience store. I get a water, a breakfast bar, and a banana. I go to pay, and I owe $4.44. And as it's 4.30 in the morning or so, I'm looking at this number thinking, you're right, guy. I would rather be here trying to catch a 6.30 flight than being in Iran, where in Iran, my worst time was when they stripped us down and put three rifles to the back of her head. I thought I was dead. And for me to be complaining and feeling bad about catching a 630 fight, is freaking, it was stupid of me. It puts that number in my face and says, Rocky, don't ever forget. Freedom is not free. And so here we are. Well said. Um, Tell us a little bit more about Folds of Honor, your role there. Obviously, we're doing a big charity event. That's kind of how our paths crossed. Um, you know, I, and we've kind of touched on it a little, but we'd love to hear kind of like what you're doing with them and, and a little bit more about folds. So, uh, everyone that's listening can be able to, to uh, understand them sure. a little bit better. No, absolutely. Folds of honor. Basically it formed back in 2007 and it just so happened when I was the director of military sales, um, it was a major uh, Rooney at the time. He's now Lieutenant Colonel. He was flying back, um, flying up to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and as he landed, uh, the pilot had asked everyone on board to please remain on board because they were removing uh, a fallen soldier um, off the side. And as he looks down, he stays seated. He looks down and looks this, uh, looks at this casket with a, uh, a flag being draped over it and a small boy standing on the tarmac. And his wife is sitting there weeping. And so as he wipes away his tears and the pilot says, you can now leave. Thank you for waiting. He gets up and realizes that over three quarters of the flight, they left nowhere to go, but the warm bed that this individual just 
basically provided them, and he comes home in a casket. Never again would he ever be able to go fishing with that little boy. I mean, play pitch and catch, um, go to a school event with him. And he, he lost his life for the freedom that these people, and nobody said, or that is not a quarter of the people uh, said, but three quarters of the others left. And so he came home and told his wife, and he's an F-16 fighter pilot at this time. He's telling his wife, he goes, people just don't get it. And when that happened, he and his wife put together this, uh, this program, Folds of Honor, in their garage. And he knew that there were five major companies that he needed to call and get them on board. And one was Budweiser. So he makes a, a, a quick visit in the St. Louis. Um, I'm the director of military sales. And again, this is synchronicity. I'm a director of military sales. I just so happen to be at home and security calls me and says, uh, and whenever there was a, a military event, when there was a military call or there was a military email, a letter, I would get it. So security calls and says, Rocky, there's this guy in the lobby. He's in a flight uniform and he wants to talk to somebody about a military program. I said, okay, well, I don't have anything going on. Let me come down. So I get downstairs. I look over and here's this little short guy, um, you know, in his flight uniform. I'm thinking he's got my attention, you know? So I said, Major Rooney, I'm Rocky Sickman. And he goes, Mr. Sickman, I, I got this program. I'd love to, you know, share with you, please. So he, I take him into a conference room. He shares with me his story. I share with him my story. And it wasn't until 2011 that we start putting together programs with Budweiser. And since 2011, Budweiser uh, and AB wholesalers like Kentucky Eagle there in, mm-hmm. in uh, Lexington have raised over $18 million. That's wild. And, you know, since uh, 2007, over 35,000 scholarships. Uh, 41% of our recipients are minority. Uh, that's about $165 million that we have provided to provide education to the families of the fallen and disabled. And so I retired in 2016. He calls and says, Rocky, you got to come work for me. And I really didn't understand, you know, how important it really was going to be until I really started getting into it and how it really helped me therapeutically. Yeah. Uh, to really work. And so now I'm the senior VP of Budweiser accounts. So I work with the Bud brand team at Anheuser-Busch and we come together with different programs throughout the year to help raise uh, additional funds. So this year would be another million dollars that we will raise. Awesome. And, um, but I get to work with the uh, different, not only Budweiser, but also bourbon. Yeah. So, you know, obviously I like the drink. <laughs> <laughs> What a nice life. things to come full circle for you. I mean, that is truly, it's fate, right? Uh, it, it really is, you guys. And, you know, I can remember a psychiatrist when we came home, um, because I don't want to unveil my dirty laundry here, but, you know, when you go through 444 days of captivity, I mean, how can you not have post-traumatic stress? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, it changes you. Like, there's no way yeah. it, it can't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if, if any of your lister, listeners have ever been through a car crash or something. That's post. That's post traumatic stress right there. It's it's a traumatic situation that yeah. they'll never forget. And being held hostage, tied to a chair with a gun to your head, uh, and then uh, putting you through a mock firing squad. It, it, these are things you just don't forget. So um, it was 
one of those things that really helped me to create my next move and really help uh, execute that I never thought this job and the psychiatrist though at that point in time, he sat there and said, you guys, there's going to be two things, two ways that you're going to have to deal with this. One way um, you can keep it inside, but something that's going to cause you to break. The other way is you could use it as a stepping stone and use it to educate and communicate to people. And interesting enough, that's what I've done for the past 40 years. I, I, not only for my, uh, my friends, but my, my children. I mean, my daughter, she was going to a Catholic grade school down in, uh, in Illinois. And one night, just as my parents used to do, they would always say around the kitchen table, uh, what did you do today? And so it was Hannah's turn that night. I said, Hannah, what did you do today at school? And she said, Daddy, um, will you come talk to my class? And I looked at my wife and I looked at Hannah. I said, Hannah, why would you want Daddy to talk to your lab? class. She gets up from the table. She goes over her little school book bag and she's got the book that was folded with a, I think it was a Kroger's brown paper bag that you turn inside out that was wrapped. Right. And she opens it up and she goes, Daddy, because we're learning about you today. And oh. I never knew that my picture was in the history book. So it's interesting that, you know, that one thing that psychiatrist said, it's never left me. And um, it's something that I continue to do. And also Cher, I got to meet Cher. Jill and I both met Cher um, in uh, Vegas. Back in 1981, I got an invite to go out there. And so we go to her show this one night. And my mother and father are with me. And it was a somewhat of a, wasn't a, you know, a, a complete nude, but it was a bead type of show, right? My mother, God love her, being a Catholic, she's just praying her rosary. <laughs> They're falling off in front of him. So anyway, it's time for uh, Cher in the back. She wants to meet uh, myself and Jill and my mom and dad. So we go back, and all of a sudden, they knock on the door, and the door opens, and Cher's got, got her robe on, and she jumps out and just grabs me and hugs me. And she goes, Rocky, it's such an honor to meet you. And she goes, I followed you guys for 444 days. I mean, because we had no idea. The news right. stayed on for 444 days. And at this meeting, in her little bubble in the back, she goes, Rocky, again, you can take this opportunity and you can exploit it and you can you know, be somebody like me where you have no life ever again. I mean, you have to live a life in a bubble. Or you just filter down into the workforce and you use and use your talent, your time, and your talent, and you just, you know, become yourself again. Mm -hmm. and so that was really the way that my, my good wife, God lover, um, we said, no, we don't want this. We want this down here normal. And so that's the way that we have. And it's interesting from different conversations from a psychiatrist to a, a star like Cher that, you know, you could have taken it so many different manners, but here we are. Uh, on the night of 11-9, uh, uh, or, you know, this week, having a conversation on a podcast. And and you're affecting lives without having to be in the spotlight. Oh, absolutely. Which, absolutely. Which is why we wanted you here, because you're that silent person. And I think just as we need to celebrate those who are in front and have, you know, wearing the flag on the front lines, we need to celebrate people like you who 
not only did you serve on the front lines, but you're serving on the back lines. And I just want to tell you, I admire the hell out of you for both. Yeah, same. You've, um, you've impacted a lot of families and will continue to do so. So hats off yeah, to I you. you. I definitely look forward to working with you guys next year on the big event in Kentucky and definitely look forward to seeing you. Absolutely. Well, before we let you go, though, yeah, we have to know, since we're on a bourbon podcast, we have to know what are Rocky's top three bourbons? Yeah, right we got to know about this. No judgment, no judgment, just anything. Uh, all right, just off the top of my head, I can tell you, uh, Maker's Mark has, uh, you know, been one of my uh, favorites. And I love the Maker's Mark cigars, you know, because, yep. yep. and it's perfect weather for that right now. Yes. Uh, and, but I recently, recently came across uh, make, uh, a Walker's K that really has been a, a good, it's smooth. And it really doesn't seem to hit me as well <laughs> the next morning. I don't right. know because I'm drinking too much, but um, <laughs> maybe you're becoming a seasoned pro. Yeah, and uh, I'm good. But the third, I, I really, I don't know. Those have just been the two that I, I'm very loyal. If I, you know, just like my good wife, you know, here I am. I got glasses. I got hearing aids. You know. <laughs> You know, it's like you want to trade that one in for a new model, but she knows, no, I'm just going to repaint that model. So I'm going to, <laughs> but I'm loyal to those two. They're pretty good. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Rocky, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. Um, and to all the veterans and family members out there who serve our great country, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for, uh, for everything that you do for our country. And, uh, you know, you have love and support from us all oh, day, every day, and uh, never be afraid to reach out to us, even just to say hi. And, you know, we love to interact with you and anything that we can do to make your life better. We're happy to yeah. do so. Well, I truly appreciate it. I'm not a social media person. I was seven years ago and I had people coming out of the woodwork and I, I said, I don't have time for this <laughs> <laughs> talking. So my wife is my social media person, but you guys let me know whenever you need something. And I'd like to thank you, Stacy and Paul, for you know doing this podcast to really salute the veterans and the families, because without you, nobody would be hearing this. And so I salute you, and I definitely, like I said, look forward to working with you guys on the Folds of Honor event there in Kentucky. Thank, thank you so you. much. We appreciate you so much, Rocky. Thank you, guys. And also, for all the Marines, November, November 10th, Marine Corps birthday, Semper Fi, Marines. Had to throw that yeah, one in there, fine. didn't you? I'm good with Simper it. Five. I'm good with it. And uh, <laughs> normally I have a normal sign off, but on this one, it's going to be thank you for listening and uh, God bless the troops and God bless America.